Hey, I'm Jana. And I'm Charlene. Our lives were forever changed by a closet. In middle age, with marriages and four kids between us, we opened that closet door. Now, we're married to each other. And you're listening to the real and raw conversations we have as we try to make some meaning of it all. This is the Meaning Maker Podcast. Hey, welcome to episode four. My name is Charlene. So last time, if you've been listening in with us, you knew that we ended our last episode with talking about the fact that in this episode, we're going to talk about when we actually told. And let me just say, this is incredibly difficult for both of us for many reasons. Um, and Jana, I think you'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's difficult because it it brings up, obviously, a lot of emotions. But it is especially difficult, I think, for both of us because we really really do want to honor and respect what our ex-husbands went through and everyone else that followed through. Everybody. The the kids, all that that followed through. Yeah, and I I think we've said this a couple of times already. We can only... We only own part of this story. We, you know, we only own part of it. We don't own all of it. Everybody no. owns their own piece in it, and and you know, we don't want to speak for them or, you yeah, know, try to convey what they might have felt. But, um, you know, we can describe sort of what how we, you know, how we arrived there, and and so I think we're going to tread lightly. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So. We had talked in the last episode about how we had this vision of the door and the door handle. And one day, we both realized that that handle was ready to open. And it's kind of like this was everything that we had been talking for, we had been planning for. So in terms of planning... How do you really plan? I don't know. I feel I, know. I feel like it's a little bit callous to call it a plan, I but sell, I mean, it sounds although callous. we had been seeking advice about, like it was more like that because I actually... I mean, I don't really don't think we had a very good plan other well, than to say we're going to do it on a single day. Yes. Um, we need, like, in terms of, of telling husbands we needed to do that on a single day. We, yeah, we wanted to do it at the same time. Not together, in the same room, obviously. Right. But we really didn't want one of them knowing and having to hold that That's secret. secret. Mm-hmm. From the other person. And also, we're living in a very, very small town, mm-hmm. right? So things hit the air and travel and, you know, we had kids to consider and all those things. It was really, yeah, it was really about ensuring that they had a chance to hear it and absorb it. And then, you know, I think we had both been hoping that they would help us figure out how we would tell the kids, but I, there was absolutely no guarantee that that was going to happen. No. But, so that's what I will say is that, you know, we do owe them a debt of gratitude. Huge gratitude. Yeah, for how, how we were actually able to work with them, all four of us together in the end, to actually come up with a plan for how we would you know, let this play out with our families and, and in telling our kids. And, and that was something that the four of us were able to work out together. And I would say that, you know, that's probably not the most common thing when something like this occurs. But I remember afterwards telling the kids that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want them to, to automatically go to that 
you know, dark place about what they knew in their little minds about, you know, when people get divorced and, and what that can look like and how that can be an ugly thing sometimes. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of friends who had divorced parents who were on amicable terms. And so, and I remember saying to them, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. This, this will be what we can all make it, you know, but at that time, even saying that I had no idea what we would all be able to make it right. Because everybody goes through something so difficult in their own way. And and it's so true. Like, I think we had, I really feel we had the best of intentions when we kind of laid out this quote unquote plan or we wanted to do it, we were trying to do it in um, the way, not the best way possible, that's not the right word. We were trying to do it in the way that was most... Gentle? Gentle. <laughs> because there's no way to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I believe we had the best of intentions for it. But, I, I'm, but at the end of the yeah. day... There's there is, nothing gentle about hearing that. No way, there's yeah. no way to do this well. No. There really isn't. And, you know, looking back, I would say both of us probably have pieces from this that we, we regret too. Yeah. You know, even as much as we put thought and care we felt into this, there is no way to do it. Yeah. We made We made mistakes. But I think at that time, we were doing the best we could. And let's face it, I look back to that time too and I wonder like how are we even like you try to make best laid plans when you're in the middle of this huge emotional upheaval like you can't really no. make those kind of best no, laid plans. No, you're not in your in wise mind, time. that's for sure. No, not at all. That's for sure. So, needless to say, we did um end up telling our exes on the same day. And the week that follows then is the week that follows that. But I will say about one week later, I think it was, the four of us actually got together. Because the other piece of this, if we haven't been clear on this, is we all knew each other because our boys played hockey on the same team. So our exes knew each other too. And the four of us had even gone yep. out socially before as well. But the four of us did get together I don't know if it was a week later. I, can't, I I'm not really sure, but yeah, it wasn't that long mm -hmm. afterwards. And huge credit to them. Huge credit. Huge credit like, to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little. It's still a little bit mind blowing today that we were able to do that. That they were able to do that for us. Yes. And for the kids. But yeah, we did get together and we sat and talked about what we were going to do next now that they know this information and mm -hmm. you know and no they, one else knows we haven't told our families we haven't told our kids but what are we going to do with the information how how's that even going to look how are we going to tell people I think oh we talked a lot that night about um like just different scenarios does it really have to be like this could we make it work like this could we mm -hmm. you know that whole you know I th it makes me think of the five stages of grief and you yeah. know there was anger and there was um, bargaining and there was you know that great sadness and you know there just was so much going on in that conversation but I think we all knew by the end of that conversation that the only the only thing we could really do was to dissolve marriages and start again mm -hmm. I you know, to go forward with this as truth y yeah to go forward with it yeah yeah 
it did not make it any easier for anybody. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think that just the fact that we could sit and have that conversation made it made a major difference well i don't know for them but for me it sure did well that they were willing to sit with us and have that conversation too is huge yeah you know because i like when i think about that um now Mm -hmm. and just you know when i think about sort of my kid's dad and and who he always was and how he always was it really shouldn't be that surprising to me that he did that it really shouldn't because that to me is indicative of what I always saw in him. Yeah, and you know, and same with same with my kid's dad as well. It's funny when the two of us were kind of quote unquote planning or laying out how we thought this could go. <laughs> I think not once did we ever think that this would, you know, immediately after that the that our exes would be horrible in any way. Like I know. I think that was very naive thinking I think because it, was. it sure could have happened. It, it really but, could have. Um, and we've heard of other, we've heard of other scenarios, of course, where it does happen. So once again, huge kudos to them. Yeah. That they did handle it, handle it with such maturity. That sounds so callous too. I, I don't know. I, it, it it's really. Such grace and mercy. That's how I feel about mercy. it. Grace and mercy. It feels icky talking about it. It feels icky talking about it because. I I can't even imagine what they were going through. Yeah. And, you know, like I think we said earlier too, we all went through this together at the same time. And yet, we all went through it in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And even as families, we went through it in different ways. So. Like in, if you separated out each family, we, mm-hmm. our families went through it in different ways, not just the individual people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a Sunday night. Yeah, that that we that we told. I'll never forget it. There's a lot of things that I can't even touch. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't think we need to. I yeah, don't want to from that night. I don't want to. It's and and I think and the big thing here is too. I don't. I don't want to trigger anybody else. It it was incredibly difficult. It took me a long time to say the words. I will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they are out, they are out. And so are you. And you can't, there's no turning back from that. That That is something that you are now, you know, you're in this place. You have to face it and you can either do it alone or you can do it together. And as we said, I think we were just really fortunate to be able to, to do it together with them. They they were very magnanimous in, you know, the conversations that we were able to have afterwards and the, the plans that we were able to make the four of us the together. The four of us, Yeah in terms of telling our families, you know, um, and telling the kids eventually, but we got sidetracked a little bit. We couldn't tell them. We couldn't tell anybody. It was probably almost two months later. It was actually about six weeks later Mm -hmm. after they, they learned about it that we finally started to tell families and our kids because I got sick in the middle of it all. (laughs) And to say you got sick is an understatement. Yeah. You didn't get sick. You almost died. You almost died. Yeah. yeah. So I... Do you want to go into that story? Oh, I, I don't want to... I mean, yeah, I do. I think I do because I think there's a really... A couple of really important points in that story. Mm-hmm. Yes, I got sick. I thought I had the flu and I kept on... You know, I was going to work every day and I just... I felt... Uh, this is a few weeks after we told. Yeah, I yeah. think it was not even... Maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been brewing though for about a week. 
And this was when I was going to work every day. And I felt a little bit like I was getting the flu. Like I would have these, you know, I'd have a little bit of a fever and then I would get the chills a little bit. And, you know, I kind of worked through it. And then on the last day, I think it was the Thursday of that week, I finally called in and said, like, I think I have the flu, you know, not coming in or whatever. And then over that weekend, it just got so much worse. And, you know, I ended up in the hospital they didn't really figure it out. It was just a whole, you know, run around thing and sent me home and just gave me some antibiotics for something and just said, you know, come back if, if it doesn't work, basically. And, you and know, you two days go by and I'm even sicker. Like I can hardly worse. get out of bed. Mm -hmm. I'm, my fevers are huge. I, you know, all these things. Anyway, I ended up in the hospital with, it was a gallbladder issue is how it started. And, um... I basically had sepsis by the time that they actually, like I actually went back the second time and was, you know, full of jaundice and all these things. And, uh, you know, looking back now and what your gallbladder is and what it actually does for you and how symbolic that is, that of course that's the thing in me that stops working because it's the thing that filters out like all the poison and things out of your system and <laughs> you know what have I been doing for several years suppressing poison into my system because I don't have the guts to tell the truth like it, it just down. was the most ironic thing ever and so I ended up I was in the hospital for a little bit and then they sent me by ambulance to London and I had to have a a drain put in my side because they couldn't take my gallbladder out because I was so sick but also my gallbladder itself was so sick mm -hmm. And so I had this drain put in my side and before I went for the surgery, I was laying on the, like I was in there ready for the surgery and the surgeon, a woman came over to me just before she put me under and said, leaned down and said in my ear, do you make a habit out of keeping things inside? And I said, you have no idea. And she said, I just want you to know that every thought you think, everything that you push down in there, your body will have a physiological reaction to. And I just never forgot that. I just never forgot that. I mean, it's absolutely wow. true. Um, it's just not something I had, you know, been thinking about. Um, I, I do remember a couple of times as this conversation was happening, and I think we had just told the guys I remember being at work one day and thinking to myself, wow, I am shocked that I haven't made myself sick over this because I just was so tied up in knots mm -hmm. about what was going to happen and what was going to happen to the kids and, you know, all of that. And so when she said that to me, yeah, it's just stayed with me ever since. It's actually been something I've really focused on. Yeah. Um, uh, is, you know, really paying attention to what my body is saying to me. Because your body catches because up. Because my body tells me a lot of things. Everybody's body does, but yeah. mine definitely does. Yeah. And so I don't ever want to go back to a place like that where I, you know, have made myself sick because of whatever, stress, worry, you know, things I don't have the guts to say, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I never want to go back there again. And then the other irony of this is, you know, I have this drain in my side. It's drain. It's literally draining poison out of my body. That's mm -hmm. essentially that you can see. It's that a I clear can tube see, that yeah. I can see, and it's black, mm -hmm. right? Which makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I, and I so I had that um, for about five months, I guess, before I could actually get my get my surgery. And uh, by the time that I was ready to get my surgery, 
you know, everything had come out by that point. We had told our families, we told our kids and that fluid was running clear. It was literally like years of, you know, lying to myself or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. drained out of me that summer and fall. Yeah. It was so, it was so symbolic. And I think, especially for you and I, like how we had kind of had these touch points that led us up to this point and, you know, that vision, the door, the handle, all that stuff. Then to see this draining from you, it felt very, well, incredibly, incredibly symbolic Mm -hmm. to see that. The other thing I think that it did, because, you know, we kind of in our mind, we thought, oh, we're going to tell our exes and then the four of us will decide together when it's a good time to tell our kids and then of course this happened yeah so it it took all of that kind of out of our hands and I think especially for you you talked in the last episode or the last two episodes I'm not sure but you had talked about the fact that you always know that you will be able to handle anything you will be able to do it you will be able to make things right and there you were laying in a hospital bed, yeah. literally. Yeah, it took everything, literally it took not everything able, away from me. Not everything. able to do a thing. Yep. And so I think that actually, while you were fighting for your life, it also saved your life too, because it was just, things kind of started to naturally unfold, even without you having to take That's true. the immediate reins on that. Yeah, that's um, true. While I was in the hospital, my mom figured it out. Mm-hmm. My mom figured out what was happening. She knew that something was going on and it wasn't good. And, you know, she had kind of alluded to, like, I know something's happening between you and, and him. And, you know, like she had figured things out because I was there all the time with you. My ex was great. He was like, you go, you go be with Jana. You go be with her. And so I was actually there at the hospital meeting maybe even more often than your ex was just because of the way circumstances were turning but, out. Uh, yeah. Also, I just think it was just, everything was so difficult Yeah, for him and, and oh, everybody uh, at yeah, the time. Ab- oh, and, absolutely. You know, it just, you know, that part was what it was, but yeah, my mom figured it out. And I mean, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole podcast episode or two, mm-hmm. um, you know, to talk about sort of that relationship and how that all went. But um, yeah, it did, you know, being sick, and having having everything sort of stripped away from me, any kind of control, and to be honest, any kind of caring, like I just was yeah. so sick, I couldn't, I I couldn't care deeply about a whole lot at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, laying in the hospital, like, good, good, you just she's figured to. it out. I oh, it means it's one less person I got to tell, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, in the aftermath of all of it, and once I was feeling better and I got home again. Um, you know, we did eventually obviously go to parents and siblings and all those things. And it, it just, it made the conversation much easier for me with Mm -hmm. my parents because she had figured it out. Mm -hmm. Jenna, we did it. (laughs) This was the one part when we were talking about making a podcast, this was the one, well, we did it at a high uh, level. We did it. Yeah. The other there, part. I yeah, think maybe there's a lot of part parts come, of but. this journey that like this piece in particular and, um, mm-hmm. you know, the night we talked to the kids about it, 
there are still pieces of that that I, you know, it's one of those, I'm sure it's a jewel. And I cannot hold it up and look at all the facets. Or it's even not. now. It's painful. It's, it's painful, painful stuff. I don't think there's yeah. any way to put a nice, light, positive spin on any of this. But let's just talk a little bit about how it actually did go. Like just, you know, how it actually did go. We did get together. We did yeah. make a plan, the four of us. They did come to every conversation we had. Yeah. You know, we decided that we would take our kids on a vacation, each of us, and we did that. And we kind of, we had a pre-planned, so and we, knew we that, continued yeah, with that. Yeah, se- separate vacations. And we mm-hmm. knew that when we got back that next week, we were going every night to a, basically a different house <laughs> to we tell had, our family. We had decided we wanted to do, make sure that we did the circle of support around us so that we could tell our ex-husbands but then have a circle of support around that would know what was happening before we told the kids so there was literally a week where each night both of us as couples went to our family members and told them and answered questions as a way to kind of help prepare the best we can yeah so that we knew like the grace in that the grace in that, oh. that we did that as couples separately going to our families, but as couples, like they yeah. came along, they not only came along. Our exes, yeah. Yeah, but they, you know, were very, um, I don't know what the right word is, but like I can just remember the conversation with my parents, for example, very encouraging of it's going yes. to be okay. We're going to find a way to make this work with the kids and, you know, the kids are the number one priority and you know, just really encourage that, that people stay connected to us and not, you know, you know, of course we were not, I don't think any, any of us, maybe we're all in shock a little bit still, but yeah, you know, for sure (laughs) we were, for sure we were, but also hadn't hit the, you know, the five stages of grief necessarily. I think everybody did you know, work their way through them and, and maybe back again and then back again in Mm -hmm. some cases, but you know, nobody had hit the anger stage or anything yet. And so there was grace there for us to be able to do that. And when I think mm-hmm. about, because the the boys were going into grade eight, right. I think, or they were 13. Yeah. But still playing hockey and the hockey season was getting ready to start, like, because it wasn't until August the beginning of August that we actually were able to tell the kids and we wanted to make sure there was ample time there before the start of school, but hockey tryouts and things like that were happening. And, uh, you know, like the guys went to the hockey dads and basically said, please have your boys support our boys. Like, and please don't hate, hate us for, for doing what we've done because we don't hate them. Yeah. Like it just, there was just immense grace there incredible yeah I can't say enough about our exes for how they were for us at that time going through their their own grief obviously their own shock all those pieces and yet somehow managing to keep a higher focus on doing this what's best for families and really for the kids but they were very protective of us too yeah, like they really, you know, when there was comments around town and stuff like that. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah they were. 
they really they were. gave us that support too so but i think you know that to me like i said is indicative of sort of who they are as people mm-hmm. and also you know the relationships that we each had with them yeah so yeah that's just a little bit of the story but yeah i just you know I just remember after the words finally came out after it probably took me an hour to of beating around the bush to finally say it. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow, three words and I'm not the same person to them anymore. Mm. Yeah. I do think of that as a before and after point. Yeah, I do too. It is a huge, I think probably all of us do in some way. Pivot point in our lives. Yeah. On a, really big scale yeah well thanks thanks for listening to our story yeah we're just gonna end this piece here for mm-hmm. now it's just it's a lot to comb through and uh it's you know as charlene said it's still it's still a really sensitive thing for us and and i suspect for others as well and you know we're happy to <laughs> happy to share what we can but Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's still some things I can't, I can't even touch yet. Yeah. But I am working on it. We're here. We're here. We're talking. We're working through it. We're trying to make meaning of it all. We are trying to make meaning of it all. Sometimes it's good to recount some of the good moments that happened as well. Like, you know, I think it, it's been a tumultuous story for sure, but there's been how we used to describe it. Uh, what was it? Mountains of mountains of pleasure and valleys of despair or something like that like it just it it was it's just everything it's Mm -hmm. just been everything but thinking about it actually brings a lot of love to my heart too for our exes yeah for what we went through with them and you know not just like me with my ex and you with your ex I went through this with your ex yes because the four of us were joined that way and you did with mine as well so but yeah, like there's a lot, there's a lot to this story. And I think, and we'll touch on it, I think throughout other episodes, we'll come back to this particular night and the, you know, particular event of actually coming out. There's, there was a lot of, um, you know, good things that, that came out of it. And I'm happy to say that one of the good things that came out of it is that you don't have a gallbladder, but you're healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's a good thing. Yeah. So if you want to keep hearing more, make sure you hit subscribe so that you know when our next podcast is up. And you can follow us again on Instagram at the, or is it the, I don't know, the underscore meaning make underscore maker underscore podcast or Facebook at meaning maker or email us at meaning.maker.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.